0: Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omer Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. Today's episode is part two of my chat with Aaron Epstein of Creative Market. As you may recall from episode 88, Creative Market is an online platform that lets you sell and buy handcrafted, mouse made design content such as fonts and graphics. Aaron launched his first software product called Color Schema when he was still in college and went on to grow that into a six figures a year business. Uh, A few years later, he met his co founders and combined forces to work on an online creative community called Color Lovers and eventually went through Y Combinator. Color Lovers grew into a community with over a million users. And in 2011, they launched Creative Market and raised $2.3 million in funding. Um, And in just 16 months after launch, they sold the business to Autodesk for an undisclosed amount. In this episode, you're going to learn seven proven strategies for building an online marketplace. It's basically what Creative Market did to launch their own product. And even if you aren't planning to build a marketplace, you will still get a ton of value from this episode and take away some useful lessons that you could apply to just about any software product or business. And with that, let's spring on Aaron. Building any kind of marketplace is a really hard thing to do. Um, and, um, you know, I've I've had uh you know, prior guests like uh Matt Mitskevich, the the founder of um ninety-nine designs, um Colis Taid from Envato, um Gary Swart at Odesk, and all of these guys tell me how difficult it is, but then they also did really well with building these great marketplaces. And I think there's the same with you guys. So I think that a lot of the times people don't really realize how hard it is until they get into doing that. Um and so it would be great to for you to share some lessons on what you guys did that really worked well. And I know that as you looked back, you had identified seven strategies uh, that had been really helpful in um getting you to build both uh buyer and seller side demand. So let's talk a little bit about those 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 seven strategies and, and share some insights, hopefully, with the audience.
1: Yeah. So marketplaces are really, really hard um, because you actually have to build out almost two different businesses at the same time. You need to build out um, a product that's attractive to uh, sellers on your marketplace, and you have to build out a product that's um, attractive to buyers on your marketplace. Um, And you also need to launch with both of those in hand because if you launched with a bunch of sellers and no buyers, those sellers are going to have a terrible experience because nobody's going to be there to buy their stuff. And if you launch with a lot of people looking to buy stuff, but nothing to actually buy, then they're never going to come back and use you as a resource to to buy products. So it's a really tricky balance that you have to do. And so Um, There are a few different strategies that we used at Creative Market to make sure that on launch day, um, we were actually really well situated on both the buyer and the seller side. Um, So the first thing is, you know, trying to sign up buyers before launch. Um, And what we ended up doing is um, we put together um, this viral referrer program. We launched this teaser page um, probably about eight or nine months before we actually launched the full Creative Market site. And it actually said, um, you know, we're going to be launching this marketplace soon. Um, but if you actually come now, we'll give you $5 in early access credit um, if you sign up today before we launch. Um, and so from our perspective, we thought this is incentivizing um, potential customers to come and uh, and sign up today. I know a lot of times, you know, teaser pages get thrown out there for a lot of different businesses and some of them actually launch and a lot of them don't. And so by adding this incentive, you know, for some people to come and take a look at this, they're like, okay, like worst case it doesn't launch. But if it does, I'm gonna get five dollars for free to spend when it does. So sure, I'll go ahead and put in my email address. And so I've got do you have a question?
0: Yeah, so I was gonna say so the first step was um building out this this teaser page and and trying to build a list of buyers before you had launched. How did you drive Traffic to this page
1: so this is actually where we had an advantage with uh, color lovers. Um, and it was kind of twofold. One, we we had a very similar audience of people that were coming to visit color lovers, um, and we had uh, a ton of email addresses um, from user accounts that we had built up over the years. Um, and so when we launched this, we started messaging uh, the community, whether it was ads on the site or in email marketing. Um, to tell them, hey, the founders of Color Lovers are launching this new site called Creative Market. Go check it out. So like we talked about uh, earlier in the conversation, um, you know, we, we weren't starting with that same base of a million members. And it was really difficult to start over at zero users on Creative Market. But the strategy that we used was to message those million members and try to get all the relevant people to move over to uh, create a new Creative Market account.
0: So, if you hadn't had that advantage, what do you think you would have done instead to to try and build that list?
1: Yeah, so we reached out to uh to press people um at the same time when we were launching this teaser site to let them know, hey, we had this thing that was coming soon, and um, we had some articles written about us, which helped spread the word um, but you know outside of that in order to get people there, we've found that, uh, offering free products works really well too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is something actually that we use, um, today, even, um, uh, now that creative market is live, we have a program called free goods of the week where, um, people, sellers in the community can offer some of their products for free for a limited one week period of time. And it works out really well for everybody involved, but, we actually started this concept before we had even launched the site. We were trying to attract more people to come and sign up. Um, And so in order to incentivize them beyond the $5, um, we actually put together this dedicated free goods page uh, in addition to the teaser page. And so we just reached out to a lot of top content creators and we said, Hey, do you want to um, offer up something for free on creative market? And then when the site actually goes live, you know, we'll get more exposure to your paid products. And so we actually compiled uh, 30 different free design assets uh, before we had even launched and put them all together on this one page that we called Free Goods. And you had to sign up and create an account in order to be able to download any of those products. And so when people did that, they got access to 30 free products. Um, You know, they helped spread the word and share it with their friends because in addition to giving $5 when you signed up, we had this viral referrer program that we built where, um, once you got in there, you could, uh, either through email or Facebook or Twitter, we gave you tools to message your friends, to bring them on board. And if you referred five friends, then you'd get $10 more in credit. If you referred 20 friends, you'd get $30 more. And if you referred 50 or more friends that came to sign up, then you'd get $200 more. So, that kind of added the viral aspect of it. The free goods added more incentive, and the $5 was incentive as well. So, you know, it started getting shared around on Facebook and Twitter, um, and we were just seeing tons of tweets. And once we launched that free goods page, um, that's when a lot of the registrations, besides the initial teaser launch day, um, that's when the registrations really started to pick up really fast.
0: Okay. Uh, let's, let's kind of break this down because I want to make sure that the audience kind of get all this. So, so strategy number one, you talked about was building this teaser page and, and signing up, uh, potential buyers before you launch. Yep. But, but you, you went further than that, uh, which leads us into strategy number two, which is giving your buyers some free money to spend and, and offering this $5 in free credits. Now, yep. The interesting thing here is that this isn't like a SaaS product where you can offer somebody uh, a discount and it doesn't really cost you anything. You you actually had to pay your sellers as well. So there was an economic impact for you guys from this, uh, for every $5 credit that you gave away. Um, so how, how did you work out the economics of that?
1: It was actually kind of a scary thing at the time. You know, here we were, we had raised like a million dollars. So we had some money in the bank, um, less than a million because we had spent it, you know, on growing the business um, and getting to that point, to that teaser launch point. Um, but we do a 70-30 commission split um, with all of our sellers, which means that they get 70% of each sale and we get 30%. Um, and so this meant for every $5 that we gave away, uh, we would actually have to spend three dollars and fifty cents to pay the seller, uh, because we would keep thirty percent of that five dollars ourselves. So that made it a little bit easier. It was really just seventy percent of everything that we gave away. But you know, as we were building all of this and we launched it and it was going viral and we had all these people coming to to sign up, um, we started looking at the numbers. And by the time we launched, we actually had seventy thousand people signed up. And so that times $5 is uh, $350,000 that we were potentially on the hook for. And so, you know, that got kind of scary for us of what if on day one, everybody comes and uses that $5. Um, But the other way to look at it is that if everybody comes and uses that $5, then that means that all the sellers will have a great success. They'll be earning money from day one. And that's what we really needed to kick off uh, kind of that virtuous cycle where, you know, sellers come and add products for sale. Buyers then come and buy those products. That money then goes to the sellers, which, you know, gives them that positive reinforcement that selling on this marketplace is actually a really good idea. So then they start telling their friends who sell, who come join and open their own shops on Creative Market. And, you know, things are kind of off to the races from there.
0: Great. Great. Um so in addition so I think that was a really important point because it, it wasn't like just a a discount and giving away sort of additional licenses right. on a product this was like a real check that you would have to write for like $350,000 right. right so yep. okay so then strategy 3 you you talked about as well a little bit which was creating this this viral loop um and so can you talk a little bit more about that and how how did you Um, incentivize people to to kind of share what was going on here with people that they knew Um, and then also how were you how were you what was the infrastructure behind this to to track all this stuff
1: so the tracking wasn't that difficult Um, it was really just creating a unique uh, share code uh, for every member that signs up and then uh, we would just They would share it out on Twitter or Facebook or via email or just link to a friend. Um, and then whenever somebody clicked through to that, we would just cookie them so that if they registered, then their account got tagged as this other account referred me. Um, so that was actually relatively simple to build out. We could track all the referrals through that. Um, but the scheme that we had built is, you know, you come and you either sign up to download these free goods or you sign up to get the five dollars in free credits that we're offering you. And then once you've created your account, the only other thing that you can see or do is this uh, kind of progress bar that shows how many people uh, you've referred and how close you are to getting to our, we called it like VIP status, which is 50 referrers or more. Um, and so people could see you know, what the kind of goals were. Um, they could see that it was possible to earn even more money. Um, and, and even beyond that, We actually gave them the tools to share it out so they didn't have to worry about going to Twitter and tweeting or going to Facebook and posting it and writing up their own copy or emailing, uh, you know, through their mail app. We gave them a box to enter email addresses and just send it off, click an invite button, and it was good to go. Um, You know, we gave them buttons for Facebook or Twitter. You just kind of click the button and it automatically tweets it out or shares it out on Facebook. Uh, With your referral code built in, so we just made it really, really easy for people to share. And by giving them that incentive of earning more money, uh, we actually saw a lot of people uh, take action on it.
0: So I I really like this, and um, I'll include a link to uh, a screenshot of of what you're talking about here in the show notes. But. in, you know, in addition to making it really easy for, for people to share, uh, I love the way that you kind of had this little progress bar, um, which showed them like at which stage they were at, whether they were like a supporter or an ambassador or a VIP. And and I wondered, whether, was there some kind of like open loop psychology that you guys had sort of thought about when you designed this? Because when you sort of look at it, you, you sort of have this natural instinct to want to move that that progress <laughs> bar further along. Right.
1: Yeah, and and it's not something that, you know, we uniquely came up with. You see this on, I think, Facebook does it and LinkedIn does it and uh, a ton of other sites. When when you see that incomplete progress bar, it's just kind of human nature to want to complete it. Or you see, you know, your profile is 75% complete and it's like, oh, what do I have to do to get it to 100%? Um, so there's something about that that I think just drives people in human nature to want to take the steps necessary to fill up the progress bar or to make it get to a hundred percent um so that's kind of what we were playing on there um and and trying to to let people see in a visual way um what they needed to do in order to uh reach these different rewards
0: and and you had um several people who who went through and 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 referred fifty people yeah right? they went all the way and and got that two hundred dollar credit yep Wow, that's I'm not sure I would do that. (laughs) (laughs) And for
1: some of them, you know, what's interesting is some of them just had uh, really large active Twitter followers. And so all they had to do was tweet it out and, you know, hey, here's the new thing that's coming soon. And people would want to go check that out and they'd sign up. And, you know, before they knew it, they were at 50 or so. So uh, it was pretty incredible to see some of that happen.
0: Okay. So that was strategy number three, creating a viral loop. And then, um, strategy four, you also talked a little bit about, which was, um, attracting buyers with these free products. Um, how, how did you go about getting these free products and, um, what was kind of like the, the offer there?
1: Yeah. So we reached out to a lot of, uh, content creators that we either had a relationship with, or we had seen in the design community, Um, we knew that they were making products. And so, um, you know, we reached out to them and we said, Hey, we're going to be launching this marketplace soon. Um, you made great work. We'd love to have you open a shop on creative market. And if you're interested in giving away something for free, um, until we launch, um, then we'll make sure to, to get your shop a lot of promotion when we actually do open the doors. um, so we could help them sell more of their paid products. Um, and so for a lot of people, that was just a no-brainer. You know, they wanted to get more exposure on this marketplace that was coming soon um, that a lot of people were kind of talking about because you know, it was getting spread around through that viral refer program. Um, and so this was a way to, to get more access and exposure for them. Um, and so you know, it worked out really well. We ended up with uh, 30 different products um by the time we launched this page, which was just a couple of months, uh two or three months I think after we launched the initial teaser site.
0: And and so this was like a combination of uh like what, like icons and and things like that that people could just get for free?
1: Yep, icons, themes, textures, um, patterns, uh graphic design widgets, you know, all kinds of stuff.
0: Cool. But you but people had to sign up first and, and set up an account before they were able to download those. I think you said that earlier.:
1: yep, yeah, so each each individual item on the page had a download button on it, but clicking that download button um, would just pop up a a modal to get you to sign up, and then once you signed up, then you could start downloading all of them.
0: Cool, okay, so that was strategy four in terms of using free products as well to to attract buyers. Um, what else did you guys do?
1: Yeah, so once we had reached this point, you know, we had done a lot of work to attract um, a lot of buyers um, and we had just started reaching out to uh, some potential sellers as part of this free goods program. Um, we actually kept pushing on the seller side now because you know we had the viral thing going. We had the free goods attracting a lot of buyers to come sign up, the $5 in free credits. We felt like we were doing okay there. Um, so now we shifted our focus to wanting to make sure that we actually had a lot of great content Uh, for people to buy when we open the doors. Um, So what we did is some of those people that we reached out to around the free goods program and many others, uh, we actually said to them, hey, we've actually got thousands of customers um, that are signing up on our site because of all these other strategies that we were using. Um, And when we open the doors on day one, they're all going to have $5 to spend. Um, and beyond that, you know, some of these people were already involved in selling in other marketplaces, but our proposition, you know, those other marketplaces were much more established at the time. So how are we able to compete as like a brand new small guy? And so our proposition to them was, you know, we've got thousands of customers that are signed up. They've got money to spend. And not only that, but you're not going to have nearly as much competition in terms of products available for sale which means your products and your work is going to get a lot more exposure to this audience because you're not competing with thousands of other sellers on the marketplace. So we actually used our small size as an advantage to get people excited about uh, giving Creative Market a try.
0: Uh, that's really smart. So you you built up this list of buyers and then you used, um, you leveraged that list that you had um, to then go to the sellers and and give them a a compelling reason to want to participate and, and sell in your marketplace. Yep. Um, and then sort of with strategy number six, you also focused a lot on creating favorable terms for them, because I think that was pretty important to you guys as well often what I understand to, to, to make sure that you, you gave them um, uh, <clears throat> a really compelling reason um, and sort of like a no, no risk Um, sort of uh, uh, offer.
1: Yep. Yeah. So the next piece of that was creating these favorable terms where, you know, like I said before, we weren't the first marketplace for graphic design assets out there, but we actually had a very unique approach. Um, And this was intentional from kind of looking at the landscape. And ultimately, we felt like just about every other marketplace out there was structured to take advantage of the independent creators that were selling their content on those sites. And so we just felt fundamentally at our core that that was not right. So there are things like other marketplaces um, will give you 50% max uh, commission on each sale. And most of the time, if you're not exclusive with them, they give you less than 50%. And we just felt like fundamentally that was wrong, that the person who's taking all the time to create this this great content that other people want to buy, is actually getting less of a cut than the marketplace that's helping them sell it. And so we wanted to flip that on its head. So we actually decided to structure our commission as that 70-30 split, where sellers would get 70%, we'd keep 30%. But beyond that, you didn't have to be exclusive with us in order to get that rate. Everybody did. And so ultimately what we wanted to do was prove that we could be the best marketplace and give you great terms um, rather than trying to lock you into something because like, oh, you want the higher rate? You can only sell with us. So don't think about selling on your own site or selling on another marketplace. Um, And so that was kind of a no risk way where people really had nothing to lose um, to come add their uh, products to Creative Market. They didn't have to remove them from sale somewhere else. Um, you know, they could give us a try and if it worked, then awesome. And if it didn't work out for them, then, you know, no, no harm, nothing lost.
0: That's great. <clears throat> so with, with strategy number six, uh, what you did was you, you created these favorable terms and you thought about the objections that these sellers were likely to have basically addressed all of those and then basically presented an offer which was like, I've got nothing to lose. I've got everything to gain. Yes, of course, I'm going to participate.
1: Yep. It made it a no-brainer for them. Um, And so, especially in the early days, you know, when we didn't have this big track record or, um, you know, a really large marketplace to point to uh, to get people excited to sign up, um, a lot of people really bought into the philosophy that we were offering.
0: Cool. Okay. So let's talk about the final strategy. Yep. So the last one
1: is really just, um, targeting buyers and sellers through our existing relationships. So, um, you know, for us, this is potentially unique from maybe what some other people are able to do out there because we had spent all this time in the design space, building color lovers and color schemer. Um, you know, we had contacts, um, at popular design blogs and press in the industry just because we had been in it for so long. um, And we also had this existing community at Color Lovers um, where we could market to them to get them to come over to to Creative Market in the early days before we were even launched. Um, But another thing that that we actually did was people knew the Color Lovers brand, the types of people um, that would be interested in in using our marketplace, both on the buyer and the seller side. And so that initial teaser page that we launched, um, it explicitly said from the creators of Color Lovers. So that was kind of a way to, to de-risk, um, you know, the investment of getting involved with this brand new marketplace that nobody had heard of before. Uh, people would come there and they'd say, oh, I know Color Lovers, I, you know, I like that site. Um, so if this is anything like that, then this is probably going to be something that, that I'm going to be into.
0: Cool. Um, and then so uh, you get to launch day. You'd mentioned that you'd build up uh, a list of, uh, 70,000 people, um, all of them who had these $5 credits. So you're on the hook for $350,000 if they all buy, um, what happened when you opened the doors?
1: Yeah. So we were both nervous and excited, uh, (laughs) to open the doors. Um, and you know, all this time during, uh, trying to sign people up while we had the teaser page live, you know, I've been envisioning, we send this email and the messaging is just kind of like, Hey, remember that free money that we gave you? Well, now, now the doors are open and we're live and come back and spend that free money. Like, what do you have to lose, right? And so I thought for sure that we'd blast that out to 70,000 people and uh, and we just have a ton of sales on the first day, um, which is also what made us nervous, you know, that we'd burn through so much of our cash in the bank trying to pay um, all of the uh, the shops out for this. Um, but what actually happened when we sent the email blast, um, was that first launch day, we actually had just $3,000 in sales in the first 24 hours. Um, and of that 2,100, uh, was in free credits. So it turned out we actually weren't on the hook for a lot of money. Um, and it was very gradual where some people spent the $5 over time. Um, some people never spent it at all. Um, and for various reasons, but another reason that we actually wanted to offer just $5 was a lot of the products on the site cost more than $5. So if you're buying a $10 item, you have the $5 in free credits you can spend, but then you also need to get your credit card out and spend another $5. And we made the purchasing flow really simple. We'd remember your credit card for a a future purchase, made it just two clicks um so this was kind of a way to get people in the door and start adding their credit cards for products that they wanted to buy um and you know when you look at it nearly a third of the sales in the first day when we had blasted all those people who had free credits was actually credit card sales so it was interesting it was potentially lower than our expectations but at the same time we didn't really know what to expect um but it gave us a great starting point to uh, to really kick start things
0: Yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, it's probably fortunate that you didn't end up having a huge bill out of that anyway. Um, But I think what, what the the sort of the more important takeaway there for me is that um, it was actually a great way for you to, to build both um, a list of buyers and sellers uh, to get the word out about this new marketplace um, and even though the launch didn't turn into this sort of huge thing where, um, you know, people were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of your money on the first day, um, it seems like this was a really important catalyst. It was like it lit the fire for what you were then able to do and, and then sort of see consecutive month over month growth.
1: Yes. And you know, kind of related to your question earlier, where we talked about you know just starting and getting past some of that indecision or maybe wanting to even get to perfection um, I think a lot of times people kind of have these visions of they launch and press picks it up and then it goes viral, and all these people are coming and signing up or using their product or service and the The reality is that. It's very, very rare that things happen like that. But those are the stories that you read about a lot of times because they're the edge cases. They're, you know, the really exciting things that the press likes to cover. And generally what really happens is you launch, not a lot of people care. you know, you do everything that you can, but you really want to hold on to the people that do care and make sure that you're building a really great product for them, and that you continue to iterate on the product and build it so that they will want to tell their friends. And other people like them, and you can really start to expand this audience that you're reaching and grow in an organic way. um people like to just do this like, well, I gotta wait till everything's perfect, and then get it out there in a big splash and it's really, really difficult to make that a success, and even you know us when we had seventy thousand people we had built up on this list and all of our contacts and connections from our color lovers days um it it still was. You know, it just was a a small blip kind of. And then we had to really do the hard work of day in and day out, continuing to improve the product, uh, make sure we were building uh, something that customers really wanted and valued, um, and just grow the business the way you typically do over time.
0: Cool. Uh, Thank you for sharing that, Aaron. I think those those strategies um, have been really insightful. Um, You know, I think there's a combination of things that you were able to do because you had um an advantage or an existing community or a brand that people knew but there were also a lot of things you did that anybody out there could do today um to to improve the chances of building their own marketplace so thanks thanks for sharing that that with us um let's move on to the lightning round. Um, so I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I'd like you to answer them as quickly as you can. You ready? Yes. What's the best piece of business advice that you ever received?
1: Uh, I think this is YC's motto, which is make something people want. I like to say, tweak it a little bit to make something people love because it adds the user experience component a little bit. Um, but you know, if you talk to and listen to customers, the money will follow
0: what book would you recommend to our audience
1: and why? Um, Without trying to sound like a YC fanboy, um, it's actually not (laughs) as much a book as an article, but uh, Paul Graham's uh, essay on the maker versus manager schedule is something that really resonates with me, especially going from, you know, a founding team of just three of us uh, to now a team of 27 people. Um, You know, a lot of times when you start, you're a founder and a doer and you, takes a while to learn um the the transition you need to make to a manager and this outlines it really well.
0: What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur? I think relentless
1: drive. Um, you know, it leads to um working inhuman hours and refusing to quit. Um, you know, I feel like everybody as a founder has their own superpower. And for mine, I'm just fortunate that I was born with the ability to work long hours without burning out. And that actually dovetails really nicely with, uh, with being an entrepreneur.
0: What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit?
1: Um, I make a lot of lists. Um, so I use this app that I'm not even sure if it's still updated on the Mac called uh, The Hit List. Uh, but it allows me to uh, do nested to-do lists. So I just create lists around what I need to do each week and I can drag them around to prioritize them. Um, And then I just check them off when I'm done. Um, I also just, it's kind of old school probably, but I flag a lot of emails, things that I can't respond to in the moment. Um, I just flag them. And then when I have gaps in between meetings and things like that, I'll go through and and fire off responses.
0: I love making lists too. Um, What's a a business idea that you have that you'd love to pursue if you had extra time. What's a, what's one of those crazy ideas in your head that you just would love to do one day?
1: Uh, I don't have anything specific around this. Um, you know, if I had to do things over again, uh, it would probably just be something in the design space because I just really care a lot about, um, helping independent designers and creators and, uh, like our creative market mission, just helping them make a living doing what they love. So it'd probably be something focused in there.
0: What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know?
1: Um, I actually <laughs> uh oddly enough mentioned this earlier, but I've I've played guitar and in bands for like over a decade. Um and did some touring um locally um when I was growing up on the East Coast. So uh love music and love playing guitar and That's something that actually got sacrificed during my uh, startup days because I was just working all the time. So it's really nice to be able to pick up my guitar again.
0: Did you guys ever find a singer for the band?
1: (laughs) Um, At
0: the time when we
1: found a really great singer um, was the time when our bassist decided that uh, he needed to go find another job somewhere um, and ended up moving. So we tried to carry on for a little bit after that. But yeah, fortunately, it was difficult.
0: And and finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work? Uh, my
1: family, for sure. Um, no kids yet, but hopefully soon. But uh, my wife and I are actually high school sweethearts. We've been together about 16 years, married for six. Um, and we have a dog, uh, Chloe, that is the world to me. Uh, my kid before kids. Um, but ultimately, my family is, is really why I do what I do. Um, one story that I like to tell is wh- I remember when I was 13 years old, um, my dad was working crazy hours. He worked at the same company for 33 years wow. uh, and he was working on a, a big project and it was my parents, uh, 20th wedding anniversary. And so we all drove down, we picked him up from the office. We had dinner at TGI Fridays, and then we dropped him back off at the office. And that was my parents' anniversary. Wow. And I remember from that moment saying to myself, that I never want uh, my job and my work to dictate uh, how I'm able to spend time with my family. And so that's kind of what's led me down this entrepreneurial path. And the ironic thing is, I worked so much you know, trying to build this startup, literally 24-7, um, that it was difficult at times, but now kind of having reached this successful exit, um, I have a lot more freedom and flexibility uh to do the, the things that I want to do and uh and be able to be there for my family on my own schedule going forward.
0: Yeah. That that's great. And I'm completely with you on that. And I think, you know, one of the dangers of that is I, I, I quit uh a corporate job uh to do my own thing and, and and a big driver for me was to be able to spend more time with family. And the irony is that probably now I spend more time working than I did. When I was in a job, right, um, and so you have to remind yourself to kind of have that balance. But I do love the idea of just being able to, whenever you feel like it, um, you know, take the afternoon off and go and do something with the kids or something. And
1: yeah, absolutely. And to, to have that freedom and flexibility makes all the difference in the world. Um, but it's difficult sometimes too because I remember, um, you know, I I would work remote, especially on the software business, and a lot of, and I'd work from home, and people would say well, how do you get anything done? I would never get anything done at home. And the the irony of it is that working from home actually makes it a lot harder to turn it off, not to actually get something done because you don't always have those structured work hours. It's every hour is a work hour or, you know, there's your wife's out um, at a dinner with some friends one night and it's like, oh, I guess I'll just go ahead and hop on the computer and do some work. So it becomes kind of the default for for every moment. So- um, it's it's really important to make time for, for those types of things.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I, I struggle with that too. Cool. So, um, Aaron, thank you for for joining me today. i I loved having this chat and um, you've shared so much useful stuff, both in terms of uh, the story of Creative Market and, and, and the journey that you took back right from the college days to where you guys are today. And then also you shared a ton of useful information on – uh, what you learned about, um, building momentum with a marketplace and, and what our listeners can, can learn from that. Now, if folks want to check out creative market, they can go to creativemarket.com. Um, and there are some cool goodies that you can download for free if you sign up. So yep. go and check those out. And if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Um, Aaron at creative dot com is great or Aaron underscore Epstein at, is my uh, Twitter handle.